our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. This podcast comes to you in another nationwide lockdown. How are you doing in the Waikato? You know what? I think we are holding down well, one, because the Coromandel didn't end up actually having any cases in the community, and then two, because there just hasn't been any cases in Hamilton itself. So things are looking up for us. And I can imagine that level three will slowly start to like turn up in like the next couple of weeks. But how were you in Auckland? As well as you'd imagine. Auckland is always going to be the epicenter of the pandemic as you go through variants or what have you. There's like over 400 locations of interest predominantly in Auckland as well. I anticipate that we'll be in level four a lot longer than the rest of the country. But I'm glad that it's regional because why should like places like the Waikato or even like the South Island be in such a strict level for lockdown when it's contained in Auckland? But we get through it. It is what it is. And I'm a huge fan of New Zealand's go hard, go early strategy. So can't really complain over here. One thing that's great about lockdowns is at least you can save a little bit of time in terms of like traveling. So this is a good time to maybe spend learning something new if you have a moment and what better way to learn than join us today where we talk about some of the most popular ETFs out there. Now before we begin let's just assume that not everyone knows what an ETF is. I mean it's not like a common term that you hear bounced around in conversation anyway. An ETF is an exchange traded fund which gives no context about what that means. But it's essentially a basket. And inside the basket are all these different companies that someone chooses to put in. And then when you invest in the basket, you get a little piece of all of those companies. So rather than buying like a share of Apple, a share of Microsoft, a share of Google, if you buy like a tech ETF, you essentially are invested in all of those companies. Going from there, people really love ETFs because it saves them so much time in terms of investing in individual companies. There's so many ETFs out there and they're pretty low cost when it comes to fees. So if you've heard our episode about how important fees are, ETFs are kind of like a win-win for most investors. Not everyone, but for most. 
So we thought we would take the time to break down some of the more popular ETFs in this episode over two episodes. Let's get into our first ETF that we're going to talk about today. And that is, I would argue, probably the most popular ETF out there. It's an ETF that has been talked about over and over again. And that is the S&P 500 or the Standard & Poor's 500 Index. So the S&P 500, it contains a market capitalization weighted index of the top 500 US companies. So a little bit of jargon there. For those of you who don't know, a market capitalization weighted index index is a type of stock, so market index, where individual components of the index are included in amounts that correspond to total or their total market cap. Now, to be in the S&P 500, it's not as easy as you think. There's actually a committee that selects the stocks that go into the S&P 500, so the index, and there's actually a range of must-haves that the company must meet before they even get considered. There's an entire list on Professor Google if you are interested in knowing all the ins and outs of what the company needs to do before being considered to be part of the index. But a few that kind of jumped out at me was, one, they must have a market cap of at least $13.1 billion. Another must-have is that the value of its market cap, it must trade annually and most of the shares that the company has must be available to the public. If you're thinking of like a company that's just gone public, that's like really small and they haven't really had much traction, like you wouldn't expect them to be there, but your sort of well-known household name brands tend to be. It's good that you mentioned what companies are in it because I was just going to go into, I guess, the top 10 holdings that the index has. So that includes Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Tesla, and the last two, uh, Johnson & Johnson and JP Morgan. Now in terms of the returns the index has, the historic annual average is between 10 to 11%, but since 2018, it's actually dropped to roughly 8%. Another popular ETF is the Invesco QQQ ETF. This is an exchange traded fund that tracks the NASDAQ 100 index. So it's 100 of the largest domestic and international non-finance companies and that's based on market cap as well. When you're researching Invesco and you're jumping on their website, they actually boast to hold the most innovative companies. The top 10 holdings include Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google and some other ones such as PayPal, Adobe, Tesla's in there as well. Point of difference compared to the S&P 500 is is that they have companies of international stature as well, not just US companies, albeit a little bit smaller. A thing that I really like about QQQ is that there are also less companies than, say, the S&P 500. So if those companies do really well, you've got more of a chance of the stock going up more. However, if they do really poorly, like you're less diversified, so there's more risk of like things going down. Like if 10 companies out of 500 do poor, so what? But if 10 out of 100 do poor, that's 
a lot more weight to carry. So it's more risk, more return as an indie fund, which is quite cool. Um, it was actually rated the best performing large cap growth fund, and that's based on a total return over the past 15 years or report by Lipper, and that's of June 30, 2021. In the past 10 years, the Invesco QQQ Trust obtained 21.39% compound annual return. Another ETF that sort of goes down the line of, you know, like revolutionary companies or companies that are like going to do really well is number three, which is the ARC Genomic Revolution ETF or ARKG. Now, this one is a different type of ETF to the rest of the group because it is a actively managed fund. It's not a passive fund. And the main difference is that an actively managed fund has a person choosing what companies go in this basket and therefore the fees for it are higher. They're at like 0.75%. And to give you an example, some of the other ones that we're talking about, the fees are 0.04%. So huge difference. And with this one, We've got it on the list because it's very interesting. With ETFs, they sometimes have like a theme to them. They're like the one that Sonia just talked about was a theme of large non-financial companies. That was like the overall arching common denominator that they all had. And in this one, it's companies that are involved in things like gene editing. So in this one, it's about 30 to 50 stocks, 30 to 50 companies, and they are all focused on the idea of gene editing, stem cells, prolonging human life. Like they're all companies and brands that are focused in that category, which is a little bit out of the ordinary compared to like a stock standard S&P 500 ETF. It's very niched in. And the reason being is this area, as described by Kathy Woods, who is the founder of all of ARC's uh, ETFs, she really wants to have some ETF options where people can invest in things that are expected just to have heaps of growth, but at the expense that there's also a higher risk of things flopping. Now, if you don't really know what gene editing is, you might have heard of like designer babies where you can actually take a bit of someone's DNA, change the DNA a little bit and cause them to have things like different eye color. Or if you're looking at something like healthcare, you can take stem cells, which are basically cells that they're like, look, I'm not committed to anything right now. And if you want me to become like an ear cell, I will do it. And if you want me to become like a stomach cell, I'll do that. And so what you can do is create more of these stem cells, put them into someone that's maybe lost their arm and cause them to essentially regrow their arm. I know it sounds crazy, but this is what these companies are sort of investing in. And so they've done pretty interestingly, they've compounded 40% over the last five years, which is impressive, but I'm not a huge fan of actively managed funds. I don't invest in this myself personally, but I love to keep an eye on and see how this one is going. It just blows my mind that there is an actively managed fund in this category. And for those of you who don't know, Sim works in healthcare, so she was in the zone just there. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. 
Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible, with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So, how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Describing everything, but I think it's so interesting. I actually hadn't heard of it until you mentioned it to me. There's something for everyone. There really is. It's like the Wild West of the ETFs. But um, Kathy Woods is a very famous investor in that kind of growth companies, growth funds. So if you're interested in putting your money in something that's perhaps a little bit more risky, definitely Google her and all of the ARC ETFs. There's heaps of them. This is just one example that's catching a lot of people's eye. Number four on the list is the Vanguard Growth ETF. So this is also a growth ETF similar to the one that I just talked about. It's companies that are planning to grow more further. So it's not your banks, it's not your utility companies, it's your tech companies like Apple, like Microsoft, like Google, the ones that will continue to expand further and further. And they're basically like the one that Sonia has mentioned, the QQQ. It's very similar, but QQQ has a lot less companies in this fund compared to the Vanguard Growth ETF. So Vanguard has 280, QQQ has 100, and the benefit of this fund over, say, the S&P 500 is that it's mainly companies that are expected to do better over time at the risk that they might also drop more over time. Whereas if you're not really comfortable with that kind of risk, then the S&P 500 includes some more stable companies like Johnson & Johnson like a couple of banks in there. And so they're very similar. If you like more risk, then a growth ETF might be better for you. And because it's a Vanguard-based ETF, the fees are piss all at 0.04%, which we love. We love a good deal here. I've actually got a bit of VUG in my portfolio as well, just to throw in some spice. So essentially, so far, you've heard of a lot of companies that are focused or a lot of ETFs that are focused on companies that are like larger, they have more growth. These companies are well established. They are household names and they have cemented their place in the stock market, right? But what about the little guys? Do the little guys want to be something that we invest in? Are they kind of like the underdog? And that's where this ETF comes in. And it's the Schwab US small cap ETF. So Sonia was using that term large cap earlier. And large cap means big companies, your huge companies, Apple, Tesla, Amazon. Small cap means your little companies, the ones that are still public. They're still trading on the stock exchange, but they're not that well known. They've just gotten started. They're spring chickens. And the reason that some people like to invest in small cap companies is because there's more chance for growth. This is like if Apple had just started out and it was like the 90s or the 80s, This is when Apple would be a small cap and you'd hope that the small cap company would just 
do really well and you're going to just see skyrocketing gains. That's not always the case, but there's more room for growth when a company's starting out towards the future versus something that's already quite established. And so these are a lot of companies. It's 1,850 companies, small cap companies. And some examples are, like I said, things that are involved in gene sequencing They've also got companies that turn animal byproducts into useful products. So things that are kind of new, kind of fun, kind of fresh. And what we really love about this one is it has, again, a very low expense ratio and it gives the little guys a chance. And if you want a bit more risk, like absolutely up your value, definitely check it out. I love this because every company starts somewhere and I think investors, especially with small businesses or when they're first starting out, they provide capital and the means for that business to grow. So applause all around for Schwab, Swab, Mr. Schwab, I'm so sorry. Just a quick recap of the five ETFs that were spoken about today. Sonia talked about the S&P 500 and then the Invesco QQQ. Both of which are similar, but the S&P has a lot more companies and the Invesco QQQ also includes companies outside of the US and they're usually non-financial anyway. Um, and then I spoke about the Arc Genomic Revolution ETF, which was the one that's like gene sequencing and stem cells and just a lot of crazy stuff within that particular niche and it's not very well diversified there's only 50 stocks at most but it's definitely an area of growth then you've got the vanguard growth etf and then also what we've just spoken about now the swabs us small cap etfs for the little guys so before we go of course a few things if you want to ask us some questions or you want to reach out to our community we have a little safe space it's called the girls that invest facebook group and we love seeing everyone ask questions in there and everyone help out it's really really lovely you can join us on our instagram as well at girls that invest where we're at about fifty thousand followers now which is insane and then if you like what you hear if you've got some feedback leave us a review on apple podcasts or dm us and yeah hopefully you loved today's episode hopefully you got a little bit more information because i feel like there's so many etfs out there and they can definitely get overwhelming absolutely and stay tuned for the next episode where we talk about more ETFs. Finish off just a disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalised investing advice for your individual needs. We're not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time, Sim. Till next time. Bye.